Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the ETF show. I'm Tom Bailey, the ETF's editor at Interactive Investor. So today we're joined by Hector McNeil, who's a co-founder and co-CEO of Han ETF, one of the UK's leading ETF issuers. So Han ETF is known for uh, launching more niche and alternative ETF strategies. So you won't find among their product list many ETFs tracking your standard FTSE or S&P indices. Instead, the company has an array of thematic strategies, focused on everything from space to medical cannabis to emerging market e-commerce. So this year, uh, Han ETF has had a flurry of new ETF launches. So today we've got Hector here to talk to us uh, about all these different ETF launches, um, which are all available or soon to be available on the IO platform. So Hector, let's start with uh, perhaps my favorite, uh, Yoda ETF. Do you want to explain the broad theme behind this and the index it tracks? Yeah, may the force be with you, Tom. Yeah, so uh, pardon my, pardon my, vote, uh, my, uh, my levity there. But uh, no, Yoda's uh, fantastic uh, uh, first in Europe. It's, uh, it's a, the first uh, space-related uh, ETF. And, uh, and basically, it invests in companies that are relatively pure play in the space scene, uh, you know, from uh, satellite technologies, space technology hardware, you know, rocket and satellite manufacturing, you know, uh, and telecommunications. So, you know, as we as we well know, the, uh, you know, space has democratized incredibly over the last sort of 20 years where, you know, in the past it was all about Russia and uh, the US going to space and, uh, you know, many more countries, you know, probably in its in its 20 plus now, you know, are, uh, I've got space projects and, uh, and, you know, it used to be the satellite was the size of a bus, you know, or a, or a small car and now it's the size of a mobile phone. So, you know that uh, that's that industry is completely uh, uh, you know on 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 its tracks. And one interesting stat I like on the on the space industry is that eighty uh, percent of uh, of uh, the uh, R and D and development going into uh, space now is private money. It's not uh, government money. Only twenty percent is government money, which I think would surprise a lot of people. Well, yeah, because there's a new space race this time, not between two countries, but between uh, two two billionaires, uh, Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson. Uh, so in the ETF is um, is, is uh, uh, Virgin Galactic, but um, there's much more, as you kind of mentioned, there's much more to the commercialization of space. Exactly. And uh, I, I do think it's funny uh, uh, when we compare uh, Branson and uh, Bezos, because Bezos, got, I think, has got a little bit more means behind him than uh, than, uh, than Branson, really. But uh, but then again, Branson's got a great track record of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, getting ahead of the curve when it comes to uh, travel, obviously, with, uh, with uh, you know, Virgin Airlines, for example. But no, uh, you know, you've got a whole whole bunch of stuff in here. Companies you would know, like Garmin, uh, you know, uh, uh, Comcast, etc. But it's also got some, uh, you know, pretty uh, uh, pretty uh, obscure companies as well. You know, like Iridium Commute, Community, and uh, Sirius XM, etc. You know, companies that are very very specialist. You know, and uh, and actually, what's really exciting, uh, you probably probably heard, there's been recent launches in in uh, the private markets uh, fund side as well. And I think that just shows the burgeoning pipeline, uh, you know, potentially unicorns coming into this space as well, uh, pardon the pun there. But, uh, but certainly, uh, you know, I think it's one, one uh, you know, one sort of mega trend that, you know, is not just here for the uh, for next year or the year after, it's, uh, it's here for good. And as you say, you know, uh, lots of the uh, uh, billionaires, you know, you didn't mention uh, uh, Musk there as well. You know, uh, he's he's getting in the act as well, and I think they just see, you know, uh, the uh, you know the massive potential outcomes that can happen through this. And uh, and as you mentioned at the start, you know, Yoda's got to be the best ticker ever for an ETF. You know, which I think is is <laughs> is almost uh, one reason to have it on your portfolio just for that. Uh, so got, uh, another launch has been a uh, US Global Jets ETF uh, ticker Jets. 
Um, so the, this is the UK version of the currently popular US ETF, correct? Yeah, correct. So uh, the US global guys, uh, you know, have, have been you know, massively successful with jets in uh, in the US, and uh, you know, it's uh, garnered about four billion of assets. You know, uh, it's probably one of the most you know popular thematic ETFs uh, on the planet, really. And uh, you know, uh, lucky enough, we uh, we've been talking for quite a while and thought that uh, you know European investors uh, needed the opportunity to be able to invest in the recovery uh, play that uh, that is airlines and airports. You know, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 a fantastic uh, ETF, very targeted. You know, and I think gives uh, gives investors a great way to play. Uh, you know, to play the resurgence of you know not just the uh, the uh, uh, you know uh, corporate travel, but also the uh, the leisure travel as that happens. I mean, we've seen the impact that's had on COVID. You know, and uh, it's got to be a bounce back trade uh, in the not too distant future. So yeah, we're very excited by Jets for sure. It, it, it kind of it seems in the US, which it, this is a very US focused uh, ETF. It's exclusively US um, uh, companies, right? Oh, no, it's got some. It's got some overseas uh, uh, companies in there. You know, you've got the likes of Singapore Airlines and uh, uh, Turk but but it is it is largely US. Uh, you know, because obviously there's a lot of extremely large uh, companies there. You know, it's got the likes of Ryanair and China Southern, but it is it's 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 it, it does have uh, airports in there as well. Uh, so it's not just uh, airlines, but it's uh, but it is very much on that airline play for sure. I suppose that, that, that more global focus uh, is good in the sense that it seems that US air travel has, has definitely been the quickest to return, but uh, Europe and Asia is still way behind. So, Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I mean, I think, the, I think the reality is that obviously, you know, the US is almost like a continent in itself, isn't it? You know, so uh, so it doesn't necessarily have to rely on uh, tourists and, uh, and uh, visitors from outside. You know, it's got to, you know, if you've ever got a plane in the US, you know, it's it's almost as easy as catching a bus. So you know, it's uh, very straightforward. I think that that recovery has happened very very quickly. You know, and uh, and I think that's uh, that's especially going to be the driving engine to this for sure. And another way to play this uh, uh, global travel recovery uh, theme is is obviously your ETF TRIP T R Y P uh, is the airlines, hotel, and cruise lines ETF. Um, so this is obviously it has airlines in as the name suggests, but also carnival uh, with you know, cruise ships and hotels and everything like that. Do you want to explain a bit more about this ETF? Yeah, so uh, I mean, I mean, uh, we we always like to have uh, sort of industry plays and uh, you know more targeted plays where the sector's big enough. So so we felt it was very uh, synergistic to have uh, you know an airline specific uh, product and then a uh, you know a, a, a one that's a more a more direct. Uh, play across the whole travel scene, you know, uh, uh, you know, and it's about it's about 40 40 uh, percent uh, uh, hotels, forty percent uh, airlines, and then about twenty percent uh, cruise liners. So it's got a got a real uh, real good play there. And if if you look at it, you know, the, the ETFs that are available that sort of cover the travel space uh, currently in Europe, you know, a lot of them uh, have a lot of leisure companies in there as well, which uh, we think is is not a pure play. Uh, so you know, quite rightly, I mean, you know, the top holding, you know, top three holdings on uh, on trip are uh, Hilton, you know, Ryanair and Marriott, you know, all with about you know four point five to nearly five percent uh, holdings. So it's very diversified, uh, you know. But you've even got in there, you know, Royal Caribbean, Norwegian Cruises, you know. So again, this is this is a real uh, nice bounce back uh, trade. Probably a little bit less focused on uh, on business. Uh, more on the uh, more on the leisure side of it, so uh, so again, there could be you know there could be a deeper discount uh, argument uh, for this product, 
you know, versus uh, versus Jets. But I think they're both uh, pretty pretty synergistic from that perspective. Moving on to say you've had a few uh, launches in the in the renewable energy space. Um, so to start with uh, TAN T A N N uh, is its ticker, the Solar Energy ETF. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at renewables, uh, the solar sector is probably the biggest and the most scalable uh, in the uh, in the, in the uh, renewables uh, area. And uh, bizarrely enough, you know, uh, Europe has not had its uh, uh, dedic- uh, any dedicated solar uh, technology uh, ETF. Uh, so this is a first again. And if you look at you know things like the First Trust solar product in the US, I think it's over six billion dollars now. So, uh, so it's a very meaningful sector. You know, uh, and, you know, there's been a bit of argument, I suppose, about the, uh, you know, some of you know, a lot of money chasing these stocks and overblowing them. Uh, you know, but I would argue that, uh, you know, these are all very, very long term trends, you know, uh, and uh, you shouldn't be, you know, you should be really invested in these for, for, for tomorrow or the next week or, or the next month or whatever. You know, these are these are, uh, you know, long term trends, you know, away from that sort of decarbonization story. You know, and uh, and solar is going to play a you know a major part in that. I mean, there is some argument that solar could actually provide the uh, full solution for our global energy needs. You know, and uh, and I think the scale of these industries is is great now. And I think what's been nice as well is you've seen the world diversify in who's who's uh, producing uh, solar pa- solar panels and solar technology now. You know, predominantly where it started in the US and then moving out to Asia and. You know, even some growth in uh, in other places like Europe, etc. So, uh, you know, there's some companies that really wouldn't you see in other parts of your portfolios. Uh, you know, uh, some companies are even find hard to hard to say. I mean, Jinka Solar is the uh, is the largest stock. Uh, Zinwa Energy, uh, second largest. Solar Pack is the third. You know, uh, and they're all about two, two, three percent maximum. So it's a very, very diversified basket. Is the uh, is a solar product. So you've got a lot of uh, a lot of spread across a lot of different stocks there from that perspective. So I'm really excited by this. I mean, this is what I personally, uh, you know, I've got some money in and uh, and really, so I've got to declare that interest, you know. But uh, but it's certainly one that I, I like as well. You know, not just not just because of uh, the potential for returns, but also uh, you know the impact it's having for the future as well. So what is the geographic split like? Because obviously, there's lots of uh, kind of um, news stories about the, the the concerns about the reliance of, of the solar industry on supply chains in China. Um, so yeah, how's what's the index's uh, kind of geographic breakdown? Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 actually ironically forty two percent US uh, is the uh, is the index, which you'd be surprised about. The next largest uh, country is uh, Germany uh, at fifteen percent, uh, but then obviously a lot of that then falls out to be Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Japan. Uh, but you would have expected to be you know far more heavily weighted. You know, to uh, you know, to uh, to uh, Asia, but I do think that uh, you know, obviously, with um, uh, you know, with the with the, with the technology, you know, you you got to say the US probably leads the world in most technologies, and I think with the uh, you know, with the with the impending Biden, uh, you know, stimulus plans and uh, and infrastructure plays, you know, I think there's been a lot of uh, a lot of preparation for that uh, vis-a-vis uh, with uh, the US getting its act together in the space. So yeah, no, it's forty forty two percent US. So I think that's pretty uh, pretty solid diversification, really. I mean, you you know yourself a lot of the tech heavy uh, thematic products, you know, are, are probably predominantly US. So uh, so it's nice to see uh, you know a thematic play that's uh, you know got a really really nice broad global feel to it, really. In 
In the same kind of uh, territory is your new clean energy ETF. So its full name is Han ETF S&P Global Clean Energy Select Han Zero. Uh, ticker is zero. That's quite a mouthful. Um, so th- this ETF, it uses the old uh, index on the S&P of 30 stocks that the iShares Clean Energy product used to use but recently dropped. So obviously, kind of why, why, would, why would investors now want to use uh, th- this index in, in your product? Yeah, it's an interesting one, really, uh, Tom. We spent a lot, lot of time deliberating uh, on this, and um, you know, I mean, our, our, our thought process around this was that uh, you know uh, the the um, uh, you know the, the the widening of the benchmark uh, for uh, for the iShares product INRG, uh, you know, meant that uh, the index became a, a bit a bit less of a pure play. Uh, and we still felt that you know, I mean, I think that product's taken about seven and a half eight billion dollars of assets. You know, in Europe and the equivalent product in the US has done pretty much the same. So you know, fifteen plus billion. Uh, you know, and uh, and there was some argument that that, uh, that was ballooning the prices uh, inside the uh, the index, and that's why they wanted to diversify. Uh, but we felt that the price had come off a fair bit since then, and uh, we also felt that there would be enough of an investor base out of that. Uh, you know, seven or eight billion. You know, who still preferred the uh, the pure play, the thirty companies. So we felt that you know they were leaving some uh, some some money on the table there. So we decided to take that. Uh, second point is that uh, you know uh, we're slightly cheaper. We're we're fifty five basis points instead of sixty five, and we've added, uh, which I'm really excited about, uh, is the uh, Han Zero facility, which uh, this is our first product to include uh, this facility that uh, Han has uniquely uh, created for ETFs. Uh, which is essentially uh, we uh, take that clean energy index and with S&P, we calculate the uh, impact of uh, a dollar spent uh, on that investment and uh, what carbon impact that dollar has in that investment. And then what we do is we take that uh, carbon calculation and then we uh, work with a company called South Pole uh, and we buy carbon offset programs uh, to neutralize that carbon, uh, carbon impact. So, uh, so it's not part of the return of the uh, the fund. It's uh, it's it's a service that we're offering within the fund that uh, we believe that um, you know any any uh, ESG index, even low carbon indices, still have a carbon impact. And uh, as we know, most companies aren't aiming, or organisations, governments, etc., aren't aiming for carbon neutrality till twenty fifty. Uh, but we believe investors care way more about it before twenty fifty and want to take action now. So, uh, so basically, zero, uh, you know, which I think the ticket just says what it is really, uh, just that takes takes a bit of that TER, that fifty five basis points, and we spend that uh, to uh, to go and get carbon offset programs. And the two we're using on this product is is a wind farm project in Indonesia and a reforestation project in Papua New Guinea, and we look after that. And it's no extra cost to the investor; it's all part of the TER, you know. So you're getting a cheaper product than iShares, and you're getting it carbon neutral as well. So if you really care about uh, carbon neutrality, you know this is the uh, the first first product to have that. And uh, you probably saw that we announced that we're about to do another ETF, the uh, uh, the first uh, ESG active uh, equity ETF in Europe, uh, where we're applying Hans Zero again. Yeah, I was just about to ask you this because literally a couple of hours ago got the press release in my inbox. So this is the um, Saturna Sustainable ESG Equity Hans Zero ETF. Now. I'll- George, obviously, this uses the same hand zero off carbon offsetting facility. Um, but just, just for a start, because what is also unique about this ETF is that it's active. And just for listeners who don't uh, might be scratching their head, you know, how can an ETF be active? Can you, can you kind of explain first the rise of active ETFs lately? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's. I mean, I mean, as usual, what happens is we import trends from the US uh, because they're sort of three to five years ahead of us uh, in in their ETF market versus versus Europe and uh, and active ETFs. You know, have been probably the big success story in the US over the last two years. A lot of people have heard of a lady called Kathy Wood and Ark Investments, and uh, and all her ETFs are, are active. And what that really means is, instead of somebody using uh, an index, uh, you know, like the FTSE one hundred. You know, to uh, you know, to make investment decisions in the fund uh, because those ETFs just track the uh, uh, the uh, um, uh, track the uh, index. Uh, an active person is making those decisions. They're choosing. You know, they're looking at a universal stock and they're picking you know twenty five, thirty, fifty stocks. You know that uh, you know uh, that they want to choose. Um, and a lot of people conflate uh, ETFs with passive, uh, and really, just the ETF is just a wrapper, like a mutual fund. And in the same way, in mutual funds, you find uh, index products or passive products, you know, uh, but mostly active uh, products. You'll see that increasingly in the ETF market. And I think where it's quite exciting, Tom, is uh, you know it will give uh, investors a proper chance to have you know very diversified portfolios. You know that they can uh, they can include you know not just uh, passive products but also uh, active going forward, and I think that'll be a big major advancement. And uh, the great beauty of someone like Saturna coming to the market, I mean they're a you know a, seven, a six billion dollar uh, US uh, California based ESG uh, uh, company, you know who've been doing ESG for twenty plus years, and uh, the fund that they're uh, uh, bringing over in this ETF, the equivalent fund in the US has got uh, you know five globes with Morningstar. You know, they live and breathe the ESG story. You know, they've got a 600 acre uh, forest in uh, California where they have a, a camp called Camp Saturna where they take kids, you know, and teach them about the environment, et cetera. So, uh, so there's a lot of uh, really good, uh, interesting things there that, uh, that are quite cool, really. So, uh, so, yeah, so I think it just brings a new level of uh, product to people, really, that didn't exist before. And what do you think the portfolio will look like for this uh, ETF? I mean, we'll, we'll, uh, what's the kind of... The investment philosophy behind Saturna typically, yeah. So they, so they basically, um, uh, you know, long term investors, uh, impact investors. So they'll buy, uh, you know, uh, companies that they see as high quality, uh, you know, giving long term, long term uh, 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 returns. So they definitely will be jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, can't talk too much about the holdings yet because we haven't uh, we haven't listed it yet. But uh, they they typically, you know, hold around twenty five to thirty five uh, holdings. Uh, they've got a long-term uh, track record of performance, uh, so uh, you know it's uh, it's got a uh, you know I think it's got a really nice feel to it, and they're absolute experts when it comes to ESG space, you know, and again and again the uh, the investment through Hand Zero will be uh, will be carbon neutral as well. So so where I'm really excited about it is I think we're bringing a real you know tried and tested manager uh, to the ETF market, uh, and it'll be really interesting to see how that uh, how that takes off. You know, just simple things like where you buy a, a, an active mutual fund today, you know, you need to wait, you know, a couple of days until you find out your price because you don't know it at the time you buy it. Whereas, obviously, with this ETF, you'll get the price as soon as you go on the market. So, you know, it'll trade just like any other ETF and, uh, you know, you'll get that instantaneous, what I call that Amazon Prime gratification that you get with ETFs. So, it'll be really interesting to see how, you know, taking a well-tested and tried and tested manager to the ETF market and proving that concept. And and I would say probably about 10 to 15% of all our ETFs over time will be active, Tom. I think it's a real exciting space for, for the ETF market generally, but for HAN in particular. That's interesting. And and, and I guess, um, obviously, maybe you can't say, but more and more of the ETFs will have this HAN zero um, uh, element attached to 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, we're we're uh, we're investigating the ones we currently have and the ones we want to do in the future, and uh, we may have a few surprises up our uh, up our sleeve on this. And uh, you know, we really do want to change the market here. You know, we we, we don't want to be uh, you know we you know we, 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 we you know we want to make sure people just don't. Uh, uh, copy us for the sake of it but you know we want to make sure that you know if there is an ability to speed up that uh, carbon neutrality uh, you know and offer investors what they need then uh, we want to be part of that now uh stick with the esg theme uh, another another launch this year was the uh, auag esg gold mining etf which is the first uh, uh esg gold mining etf launched in europe uh sticker is esgo uh do you want to explain that yeah, that's a really interesting one because everybody loves uh, gold miners. You know, uh, you know, there's always a switch between gold and gold miners. You know, and uh, and and quite clearly, you know, mining isn't a particularly clean industry. So, uh, so what we've tried to do, we work with a company called Sustain Analytics, and we uh, we screen every uh, every uh, gold miner in the uh, mining universe, and we uh, we rank them by their uh, ESG rating, uh, risk ratings, and then what we do is we take only the top twenty five. Of those uh, those companies, and we include them in the index on an equal weighted basis. So effectively, you're buying the best ESG companies uh, out there. So you're avoiding the uh, you know the really dirty companies, you know, and uh, and you've got like a screening process that makes sure that you're uh, you know you're holding some pretty good uh, uh, you know uh, pressure on that industry to uh, to get better. And uh, we think this will become the uh, the leading uh, product in this space. It's also uh, an SFDR8 uh, fund, which means it's uh, you know also rated as an ESG fund under the uh, under the regulation. So uh, so it's quite exciting from that perspective. And uh, sitting alongside RMAU, the Royal Mint's uh, physical gold that only holds responsibly sourced gold, we think we've got the uh, you know the cleanest physical gold ETF and the cleanest gold mining uh, uh, ETF out there as well. So uh, so yeah, very excited about this one. Great, and then uh, just just one final question. Uh, could we, we mentioned some of, some of your tickers: uh, Yoda, Tan. Uh, they've got puns behind them sometimes. Uh, Trip. Who, who comes up with them, and how? Where, where, where's how does this happen? Yeah, it's a bit of an informal committee, really. Uh, we uh, we tend to chuck it around internally, and uh, you know somebody gets a bottle of wine for who comes up with the best one. And I think it's a real nice way to engage. You know the broader team and uh, and get people bought into what we're doing and uh, and also it's nice to see people's reactions in the market whether that's market makers or exchanges or end clients uh, whatever you know I mean this over the Yoda one even got in the Boston Globe where I had a picture of Yoda from Star Wars and said uh, you know uh, there's even an ETF called Yoda now so uh, so that's fantastic really so uh, it's uh, it's it's good fun it's good fun well th- thanks Hector that was interesting uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, please like and subscribe. And of course, you can find loads more investment insights and ideas at ii.co.uk. And I'll be back next month for another episode of the ETF show. Bye for now. <laughs>